You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Counting Lights Podcast. Usually, Chris opens up and then I say bam like an idiot, but we've had a change of plans. Uh, this week, Chris had a, uh, a very close friend uh, pass away. Uh, recently, and uh, I've been there, our special guest co-host has been there, and I think the last thing you want to do is is talk wrestling, you know. So today, filling in for Chris, this is going to be interesting, guys, is my wife, Misty Fields. No, we got to give you a nickname. See, so Chris <laughs> is Cutthroat Chris Germany. Okay. I'm Dangerous Dan Danzy. What... What's Misty Fields' moniker? What's Misty's moniker? Do you really... Can I say... Can I cuss on here? Yeah, you can cuss on here. Motherfucking Misty Fields. Motherfucking spelled M-O-T-H-E-R-F-U-G-G-I-N. Motherfucking... Misty Fields. Misty Fields. That's what popped into my head first. Okay, okay. Um, So we're going to discuss... Uh, lots of wrestling, because you and I watched a lot of wrestling this past week. Yes. We watched both companies now. I'm, I'm, we're going to start with, uh, Money in the Bank, where, um, I mean, it was alright. It was getting good up until the Peacock bullshit streaming stuff happened, and you can see that on my TikTok, by the way, TikTok at Dan Danzy. Of how the stream just messed up for the the entirety, mostly most the whole men's money in the bank match, uh, that really sucked. But the pay per view in itself was good. We had Charlotte Flair beat Rhea Ripley, um, and then we had Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash win the women's money in the bank. Uh, the Usos had a, a really good tag match. The matches were were pretty awesome, um, and then we got. To uh, to Monday Night Raw. By the way, I, I guess Big E won the Men's Money in the Bank, and Roman Reigns um, retained his title. But then we get to Monday Night Raw the next night, and you know, and I think you'll agree with me, Misty. Every time I get excited about WWE, here comes Monday Night Raw to just pop that fucking bubble. Yeah. Uh, expecting a Becky Lynch return because it'd been a year to the day. Since she was just like, hey, Asuka, uh, you know, I'm pregnant. Here you go. So a year to the day, everyone thinks Becky Lynch is going to show up. But we'll get to that part later of what actually happened at the end of Raw. Um, but just as I get excited about WWE again, here comes fucking Goldberg. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> I just hate it. I, he, he One, he gets in the ring with Bobby Lashley, and there's no... There's no me going along with it because I see the size difference. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like, Goldberg could barely pick up Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. He can he can't fucking pick up Bobby Lashley. Yeah. But what what did you what did you think of one Money in the Bank and then Monday Night Raw? And we'll get uh, to the end of Monday Night Raw, but Well well, okay, Money in the Bank, I remember the women's match more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I was just kinda like, eh, like 
Because you're waiting it. on Becky Lynch. I'm yeah, yeah. I've seen Money in the Bank before. There, there are some wrestlers though that I'm not familiar with. Some newer female wrestlers mm-hmm. because you know we've sporadically, very sporadically watched WWE shows in the last couple years. We've tried. We've given WWE multiple attempts to get us back into it. I think when we were really into it, um, you know. That that was a crazy time. We literally watched Becky Lynch become the biggest star, and what oh was cool, gosh. what was cool is Misty was the first one on that bandwagon. Like everybody was Oscar or Charlotte or Sasha, and and Misty was just like, no, Becky Lynch rules. And I'd look at her like, Becky Lynch, really? And then because she was still doing the steampunk she's, shit, she's my favorite. I want to say that I've been a fan of her since what two thousand? NX- yeah, since her NXT days. For, for a while. For a while, but, yeah. But the thing about about that is that I'm not a Fairweather fan of Becky Lynch. Like, yeah. I've seen her lose. Like, we've paid, oh. we've gotten tickets to Raw or SmackDown or whatever. It was TLC. Whatever it was. The infamous TLC I've, where my ugly face was shown on camera. I've seen her lose tag matches. I've seen her lose a belt. Like, I was like... When we saw that uh, TLC, and she lost to Alexa Bliss, I do believe. And I, I don't, I like Alexa Bliss now, but at the time, I did not like Alexa Bliss. Mm -hmm. She was doing her job; she was being a good heel. However, I was so bummed. I was so bummed. I was so. I was actually depressed. I was like frowning the entire (laughs) way home. She was really, and then like, and then I, on the other side, I get depressed because I'm on TV. And I read the Twitterverse on what people had to say about my face. It was a bad night there. (laughs) So we're watching Raw, and you're expecting Becky Lynch. We get a Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair rematch at the end. I thought that was great, by the way. It was great, and the ending was great. Nikki Cross, or Nikki Ash, whatever you want to call her, comes in, cashes in Money in the Bank, wins the the Women's Championship. Not going to take anything away from Nikki Cross. She definitely deserved it. Uh, uh, you know, she came into the main... I mean, she was hot in NXT, and then she comes into the main roster, if anybody remembers. Not even with Sanity. Like, they debuted her later with Sanity, and she just, you know, jobbing or being someone's protege or lackey and everything, so it's nice that she has her own thing. But fucking Goldberg. Fucking Goldberg. You know, I'm going to agree with you on that. And I'll tell you why. Okay, the last time Goldberg made his big... uh big comeback, I yeah. was like, yeah, Goldberg's awesome. But it's really, it's by now, and this is what, the second, the this is his this second. This is like the third, no, this is like the third or fourth time he's come back. Uh, well, second in my, in my. In your uh, viewing, yeah. Yeah, but that's more than enough. It's just the same. He has the same moves. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be good on the mic. He just has to be scary, and that's just dumb. You gotta be good, <laughs> you gotta be good on the mic, too. I mean, you know, like, I think. I didn't care for, it like, was, when, when he first showed up back in the 90s, it was intriguing. And then he had the undefeated streak. And that was, but eventually that storyline reigned stale. And if you were a kid like me, you'd flip over to WWF. And, like, Stone Cold was the better character. Because Stone Cold had, like, depth and dimensions to him. Yeah. He's just a beer drinking, ass kicking, <laughs> anti authority. Does his own thing, and what Goldberg just had this like, oh, he's very athletic type of gimmick, and they wouldn't let him talk on the mic. They wouldn't let him talk on the mic back in the day. Yeah. They kind of eased him into microphone work, 
But just bringing him back, and he's 50-something years old, and I know, I'm like a hypocrite, because I still love Sting. But, like, Sting, and we'll get to it later, and I've said it many times, when I see Sting, I don't see a 60-plus-year-old man. I see Sting, you know? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get into that, because we also uh, went to AEW Fighter Fest Night 2, which was the wildest shit you've ever seen. But another thing that happened on Raw was the debut of the NXT champion, Karrion Cross had a really intense entrance. I was liking this guy. I thought his tattoos were stupid. But I was really liking this guy. I was like, okay, this guy looks serious, you know? Mm-hmm. Facing a uh, this up-and-comer named Jeff Hardy. I say up-and-comer with sarcasm. <laughs> in a match that less, that lasted less than five minutes, you would think that they were trying to make a squash match with Karrion Cross becoming the victor. But no, not only did Jeff Hardy win, he did a heel move, which is put his feet on the ropes to get the pin, and it left the crowd and it left the whole internet uh, uh, puzzled. And then it just it came out that Vince still sees NXT as this development brand. Which is well, isn't Triple H in charge of Triple H is in Triple H is in charge, but Vince has the final say. So when those when those guys come over to the main roster, they're under Vince's control now. So instead of just like building these guys up as like serious contenders for whatever, now we're gonna we're gonna have them lose to Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy was on like a losing streak. Before that match. Oh, but, the, but the, okay, two things. That's rid, that's freaking ridiculous because they they took Finn Balor was killing it, Shinsuke Nakamura was killing it in NXT, and then they moved on. They moved up to well, the roster, and they they okay. To be fair, to be fair on on Finn Balor, Finn Balor also like won the title in his first two weeks, then got hurt. If you remember I, that. But, yeah, I know. But that my But that's point, enough for Vince to go, eh, never again. My my point is is that they were killing it in NXT, then they got brought to the main roster, and I was going to bring up the point yeah. that Finn Balor won the Universal Championship. Yes, unfortunately, he got injured, but you can't really, you know, sometimes that's unavoidable. You that know? is true. That is true. And, and I got to say that the those two wrestlers are underutilized, Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, it's funny you bring up Shinsuke Nakamura, because Shinsuke Nakamura's got a cool, like, his gimmick got cooler. They went back to his old song. He's got, he's wearing the, the king's crown. He looks like his new, his, his Japan gimmick. But, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, and I've read several interviews with him, he's just fine getting paid money and surfing. Like, that's all he's... <laughs> Nakamura, yeah. Like, Nakamura just wants to surf all day and make a paycheck. He doesn't wow. really he doesn't really care about being champ. Yeah. He's He goes to work, he does his job. As long as he can go home and, and catch some waves, he's a happy wow. dude. He's a happy dude. Now, you mentioned Finn Balor. Finn Balor did come back and was on SmackDown, challenged Roman Reigns. Uh, on SmackDown, because Roman Reigns cut an excellent promo on John Cena, calling John Cena's promos, like, missionary style. <laughs> the same thing every night over and over again. It was a great fucking promo. I've never heard a sexual reference in in, that's, in a promo before, though. Like. That's, uh, that's, that's what made this promo really, really good. Um, and then Finn Balor came out, challenged him. They had a match. Roman Reigns won, of course. 
Uh, I think we're going to see Roman Reigns winning a lot. I think he's going to beat John Cena. And I like heel Roman Reigns, but SmackDown itself, where, where WWE has these great promos, you get into the matches, and it's just like, ugh. unless they're like a gimmick match that involves ladders and just what have you, the matches are pretty boring. The matches are very television production type of matches. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you watch it. It's, it's like the watching Rick and Morty versus watching Friends. You know, Rick and Morty, just crazy stuff's happening. It's very entertaining. And you watch Friends, and you like the characters, but it's just, it's that same kind of sitcom format that there's always been. Formulaic, yeah. That formula, oh, uh, this happens, therefore this has to happen. Whereas Rick and Morty is just all over the place. If I can compare... You know, wrestling. But so Finn Balor's back. Is that enough for you to watch SmackDown, or do you want to see Finn Balor with the the Universal t- Championship before you ever watch SmackDown again? I mean, I think I think I would watch SmackDown again for mm-hmm. Finn Balor. I mean, as long as he's on the main roster, like NXT's beneath him at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think you know now. I know that. Raw and SmackDown have changed a lot in the last couple years, at least since we've watched, because of the the rosters are different and everything. I've I've always liked SmackDown more than Raw, if we're being honest. But I mean, wherever Becky Lynch is, I'm gonna watch her, and that that's a double extra, like an added plus if Charlotte Flair's on the same mm-hmm. show as Becky, because they've always had some really good. Rivalries. But it's just really disappointing she didn't show up to Raw or oh. Money Money in the Bank or Raw yeah. because that would have been the perfect time. And I feel like delaying this because now what it looks like, I feel like she's just going to show up at, at SummerSlam. But yeah. like now we expect it. And I, I think if you if you delay it any longer, the pop's not going to be as big. I mean, that's just my theory. I think people are going to be happy to see her back. But had she. Like, come back a year to the day or at Money in the Bank, a year to the day on Raw or, or just one of those two, it would have just been this huge reaction. The crowd's finally back, you know, in the arena. You don't even have to have her face Charlotte. Just have her come back and face another, like, heel character. Uh, have her come back on the person and then beat him at SummerSlam for the number one contendership yeah. or something. But now, I think we're getting... I mean, I would I would assume we're getting Nikki Ash versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam. Wow. Charlotte Flair beats her, all right, becomes the fucking 18-time women or whatever yeah. the hell she is, and then Becky Lynch comes back. Or Becky Lynch challenges Nikki Ash. I don't know. I honestly, like, we, we were both expecting, though, you and I were both expecting that Becky was going to come in during the Rhea Ripley and... Uh, and Charlotte Flair match. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, okay, something Rhea, Rhea Ripley's knees messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, Charlotte's going to win the title, and then Becky's going to come out and be like, what, bitch? Yeah. You know, that's mine. You should write for Raw. I want Becky Lynch to just come on, get on a mic, and go, what, bitch? What, bitch? What, no, bitch? I can't, I can't even, like... Are you trying to do her accent? No. Oh. No, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm just thinking you know... I don't know. I don't think I could do her justice. I mean, I think... I could write some, like, shit talk. I could write shit talk. I think it was a nice swerve. I think it was a nice swerve. We're all expecting Becky Lynch. Nikki Ash comes out, cashes in, wins. 
but you have to put on Becky Lynch at some point. You can't, I, 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 whatever. They're going to delay it till SummerSlam, and Becky Lynch is going to get that huge pop. But also on SmackDown, speaking of, like, pops, uh, they had the women's, they had a women, they had, like, a couple matches at this hip-hop festival in Florida or something, <laughs> and the crowd did not give a fuck. Really? <laughs> the crowd did not give a shit. So they held this match, I guess, in between artists at mm-hmm. this hip-hop festival or this whatever this festival was. And because it was a way of trying to attract new viewers, um, and just nobody gave a shit. Nobody. Wow. They were they were chanting for like non wrestling women. They were like chanting for other like uh, uh, music artists and stuff. And they were just making noise, and just no one gave a shit. And <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious to mention. Now. And we're going to, and this is going to be a a short episode today, and then we're going to record Thursday night for the Friday episode. We usually, Chris and I, we usually record like an hour and a half to two hours, split them up, and then put one out Monday, put one out on Friday. But, you know, Misty and I, as you've heard on past episodes, we're in the middle of a move, and I guess we'll talk (laughs) about that. We'll talk about the move for a second, because I don't know if anybody's tried to move from an apartment to a house. I would imagine a lot of people have. What a big whopping pain in the ass. Well, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to get most of our stuff in my car. Mm. So, um, yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't asked any friends to help us or anything, because I know the answer I'm going to get. I think I asked Chris like, I think I asked Chris <laughs> the other day, and he gave me a side eye as a yeah. response. And I was like, okay, no, I got you. When all I wanted to do was use his van or use his, his big car. Yeah. But it's cool. I totally get it. We had, to, uh, we had to get a steam cleaner. We had to rent a steam cleaner. And the process of renting a steam cleaner takes longer than actually steam cleaning a room. I don't know if you guys know that. So we went to Kroger first. And it's a grocery store. And to rent uh, uh, a steam cleaner from Kroger, you have to go to guest services. Their guest services department was closed before 5 p.m. Because we walked in there at 3.30 or 4. That pissed me off. That really pissed me off. So then we had to go to Walmart. And they pointed us to, like, a machine. And you go to this machine, and they got the steam cleaners all locked up in lockers and you have to scan a VR code, then then go on your phone. You can either go on your phone or call, but of course, we're in 2021. Oh, I'm just going to go on my phone. I'm not even going to call yeah. anybody. Tried to pay with three different cards, and it wouldn't take, and then we had to call, and that was a 10-minute process. The guy on the phone was very nice, but while Misty's on the phone, I saw some <laughs> Karen, some Karen lady, uh, uh, apparently she had gotten in a line behind a woman with kids, and that woman with kids was taking a long time because the kids were hyperactive, so she switched over to another line, got her stuff done, but as on her way out, she just had to say something to this mom, who's struggling enough, she's there by herself with two fucking kids who are, I, I have to assume, uh, under ten years old, and she's saying shit like, what a... You just, you made my experience so bad. I'm finally out. You're still there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right. And she's walking away, and the the person at her Walmart, you know, checkout aisle was like, hey, you forgot something. So then she had to do the walk of shame back to get her item after talking all this shit. 
So she decides to double down. She's just like, I just can't believe you bring two hyperactive kids with you and blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me and I thought she was like, it looked like she was going to tell me her story. And I was just like, you don't want to, you don't want to start talking to me, Karen. And she went, so then I see her walk out and then she found a person in line to tell her story to. This is one of these fucking people. Like, oh, I got to let everybody know what's happened to me. This Walmart was built for me. Fucking, if you see people like that, just tell them to piss off. I, I really wish I had heard that. I, I, was, I saw, like, the lady turn around and say something, and then the woman come to get, get, give her the item she forgot, but I was on the phone. Yeah. I was pacing around because I, I, I had to give them my credit card number of the phone, and I didn't want anyone to be with an earshot to hear it, mm-hmm. so I was walking around. Um, so anyway, I, so again, I like kind of saw, but I just thought she was being funny. I didn't hear a word she no, said. No, no, she was, she was being it's, a, she was being a bitch. Guy, I, I don't, I don't even, it's, I've never been, I've never been, I've never understood recording people. Like I, I've never been in the position of like, oh, I'm going to record this. And I've thought in my head, like if I'm ever in, if I'm ever in that situation, you know, if a fight breaks out or just someone's going crazy. I'm not going to record it because I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't want anybody recording me having a bad day, you know? Yeah. But after that experience, yeah, you got to record these people because, like, they're just... (laughs) Because, like, I understand everybody has a tough day, but when you're just being fucking an asshole to strangers, you need to be called out on that shit. So we get the steam cleaner and... (laughs) And we go, there was this, like, big spot in our living room from previous tenants. We got that out. And then we took the steam cleaner to our bedroom, fucking cleaned that out. Yeah. There were some stains that were just like, really, it's not coming out. But we're just going to worry about that later. It, Moving's just been such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well. I feel like once the once the movers come in and get the furniture, then uh, then the the stress will be relieved. I've been yeah. so stressed out about this. My side has started hurting. Well, I mean, we'll I'm breaking get it. out on my back. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Not to disturb uh. the listeners, but. <laughs> but we did have we did have one night of fun. Well, yeah, last, so it was, last week. So we we took uh, what boxes we had packed over to the new house, and then we went over to Gar- Garland at the uh, uh, Curtis Caldwell Center to a sold-out AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2, yeah. and that was wild, but Misty's opening line as soon as we sat down <laughs> was fucking hilarious, so hilarious, I tweeted it. Can you we? Did? I did. Can we please normalize taking a shower before we go to live wrestling events? <laughs> and she was so fucking spot on. I cannot say this enough. Please take a shower. The only ones that are supposed to smell in that arena are the wrestlers. I just don't understand. Look, I'm and I'm not trying to be like a smug wrestling fan or anything, but it's just like, guys, just fucking take a shower with soap and water. All right, and hit a treadmill. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is... I wow. am sorry. I, I had to listen to someone next to me complain that their seat was too tiny. It was like, no, it's not tiny. You're just fucking massive. All right? Like, I'm... Fine. Was, if that makes me a bad person, fine. Fuck I it. was 
I was relieved, though, because, okay, so the we went to AEW two years ago, about a year and a half, two yeah, years ago. Yeah, and it was like half... December 2019, December wasn't it? 2019. December 2019, before the, the COVID. Um, and and I think the the arena was about half full, so... The, uh, the arena, the side where the cameras were on had, like, no mm-hmm. people. And I thought they did that on purpose, I don't know. But like, yeah, it the 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 wrestling atmosphere it's taken away when you can wa- like when you're watching on the on the screen that's in the arena and you, you can tell they're like cutting out half yeah. the arena because they don't want people on TV to see that this place is impacted. Well, well um, I mean, basically, what I was trying to say is that I, I, I in some small way, I kind of wished. It was a little bit sparser, and the reason being is that I get claustrophobic, mm. and I had a moment there where ev- everyone stood up, mm-hmm. and I was really glad that the the seat to my left was unoccupied, because I'm not used to, like, when was the last time we went to a, a big show with that many people, with our side, like, full, Yeah, you know? So I, like, everyone stood up, and I just got kind of claustrophobic for a minute there, but uh, eventually everything calmed down. But on that topic, like the seats weren't staggered. The seats were like one R- right after the up. other. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to a get a good angle for pictures of the ring, and like I could not get a good shot of Britt Baker to save my life. And we were or, we were we had pretty good seats. We yeah, were a yeah. co- if we had been like a couple rows down, we would have just been on yeah. TV the whole night, which I'm glad we weren't. But, yeah, but anyway, like it was it was really hard to get a good angle, n- much less a good view, a good clear view of the ring. Like, Should note that Misty is four foot eleven. I am short, yes, but like there was this tall dude that was right in front of me Mm -hmm. and he would stand up so it's like when he stood up i had to stand up and then like squish closer to you so i could see (laughs) there were times where i had to hold her up there There were times where i had to pick her up so she could see and you don't want to and seriously guys the smell was so bad because i know you're thinking well why didn't you just ask them to like duck down or something is because everybody smelled it wasn't us we took <laughs> we took great showers. It wasn't us. It, it was, was not us. Else. It was not us. Uh, and well, okay. So let's go through the events of the night. So if you've never been to an AEW event live uh, ever before, they do AEW Dark beforehand, which is really cool because I saw some people that I knew. Uh, Kill Killa Kate, who has been on the Counting Lights wrestling shows, Brawl for It All. Sweet. Killa Kate took on Abaddon. Oh, she's one of my favorites in AEW. Abaddon? Yes. Killa Kate is one of my favorites well, locally. I, I do also like Killa Kate. And Killa, Killa Kate got recognized throughout the arena. It was pretty cool because she's been wrestling in Texas and doing the local shows and stuff. So everybody was kind of rooting for Killer Kate. Yeah. I mean, we all knew Abaddon was probably going to take it because that's usually what happens on AEW yeah. Dark. But it was really cool to see. Also, Mr. Wobble was there. Mr. Wobble. I had noticed Mr. Wobble was <laughs> in the front row. And I was yeah. like, wearing his merch. And I was like, wow, Mr. Wobble's What's... Mr. Wobble's being a whore today. What the... <laughs> I was what? like, what the fuck is Mr. Wobble yeah, doing what's here? What's going on? I was like... 
Mr. Wobble's in here, front row, wearing his merch. I was just like, God damn, homie, what are you doing? Oh. But, but we'll get on to we'll get on yeah. later tonight. But Mr. Wobble has been uh, on both Counting Lights, Brawford, all shows. I just didn't, I didn't understand the context of why he was there. Yeah. So I, and I apologized to Mr. Wobble, because I was having some negative thoughts about him sitting in the front. I was like, how dare he come? <laughs> and we're like, I'm not even bringing my sign to promote the podcast. Here he is promoting himself. But there was a reason he was there. There was a reason. Uh, <laughs> so, so before, uh, this was really cool. Before uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 had started, Cody came out. And they had an American Red Cross charity thing yeah. before the show. And there was like a drawing uh, to see who would get signed autographed gear. Uh, Cody at first said, hey, if you win, just go to the merch lady. Her name is, I think it was like Linda or some yeah. shit. And talk to her and you'll get your boots or whatever it was. He pulls out the number. He calls out the number. Turns out really wasn't hard to find the person. Yeah. The person happened to be in, like, the next section we were mm-hmm. in. So, like, Cody, we're all pointing at the at the, at the the lady who had won it. And Cody, and I thought this was so cool, Cody was like, you know what? We got ten minutes before Dynamite. Get on down yeah. here. And it was just like, oh, that's so awesome. So, like, this woman and her daughter, they get in the ring. Cody lets them talk for a little bit and, like, thanks them and congratulates them. And uh, I think they got a selfie with Cody. It was like the nicest thing I'd ever seen in wrestling. You definitely don't see it in WWE yeah, events. Yeah. You definitely don't see it. So then Fighter Fest starts. And how do we start it? With Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. One, it felt so good singing Judas oh, again. Man. Just everybody, regardless of how the arena smelled, it was great to sing Judas. And to sing it at Chris Jericho, everybody it's, just fucking going nuts. It's crazy if you're if you've watched the televised uh, AEW shows. It's like everybody's doing it, and it's like this phenomenon. It is. Know? It really is, and so like. We were just so excited to be oh. able to be in the audience and do that just live. Just do it again after like, sitting. Because, like, Misty and I, we watched AEW during, like, its first yes. pandemic where they're in Georgia. There's no crowd. And they're just, like, in this hut in Georgia doing these matches. It would be, like, Kenny Omega. Just It, it was really just Kenny Omega uh, uh, and then just people in the development carrying the show, basically. Mm. Um, and just to be there again, and, like, the difference between going to AEW this time and going to AEW last time is that AEW had an identity this yes, time around. Yes, When we first went in December 2019, they were still trying to figure themselves yeah. out as a wrestling company. There, I mean, there weren't very many people there. Like, yeah. The, we were able to get concessions quickly. Yeah, we this, couldn't get shit. We, we couldn't nope. get shit this time around. Nope. Every time I went up to check the concession line or the merch line... It was just packed. I mean, Stag- I would have, I, w- I would have missed something. I mean, we saved money. We so did. That's a good thing. We did. You know? <laughs> Don't, then that's such a wife response. Hey. That's such that's the most wifest I mean, shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I want that Britt Baker shirt of her bloody, bloody Britt face. Britt, yeah. I want that. She's not. She's not. I mean, Becky Lynch is her all-time favorite. Yes, I have like three Becky Lynch shirts. But Britt Baker is slowly coming up on it, Misty's. Uh, Misty's list. She okay. I don't think Misty wants to admit Britt Baker's about so, to become her favorite. But no, I think my favorite female wrestlers are a number one Becky Lynch, number two 
Asuka. Mm. I would say number three, Charlotte Flair. And then maybe Britt Baker, number four. Mm. But but here's the thing, like, I don't even, like, I haven't really kept up with, I haven't really kept up with WWE. The dub so, dub. The dub. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, those are generally my favorites. Um, I do like Abaddon, too, because she's so creepy. Ab- yeah, Abaddon. She's creepy, and I love it. A very unique gimmick. But, so, <coughs> But anyway, Brit, I like Britt Baker because... I feel like there's finally some because she's gotten way better on the mic. She's way more interesting than now than she was to me like months ago because mm. you know she has she's cut these really great promos. Um, she has this personality, and there there are I don't know like uh, I'm not gonna lie. There's just some some AEW wrestlers that I'm just kind of like I don't know if I like you yet. Yeah, and I think it's because I was spoiled by WWE with all these like different distinct characters, well, and, and that kind of takes pre- precedence over the actual wrestling. And you to know? be fair, when we were like really hardcore to WWE, like that was a really good time to be watching yeah. WWE. Okay. Um, December 2019, Britt Baker, it was still trying to find herself yeah. as a baby face. And it's, as a, yeah. And I think, you know, the pandemic, when you're, when you're not focused on, on your, what you do in the ring, cause there's no crowd, yeah. you start to focus on what you do as a gimmick. And I think Britt Baker, when she turned heel and started going heel and they say, and Chris has said it. Too, on this podcast when you turn heel it is the most relaxing relieving thing because yeah. you can be more of yourself because you don't have to give a fuck okay that so makes she, sense. so she goes into non-give a fuck mode all of a sudden she's cutting great promos yeah and that was another cool thing and that and that's something i've noticed between wwe and aew wwe needs that audience to tell that story to tell mm-hmm. whatever yeah. story so, like, during the pandemic, it was all like, well, how do we know this is working? I guess they would look at merch sales or something. Yeah. AEW did a good job of, like, put this on TV. No, it's going to work. And it did. And now Britt Baker's really over. Um, but let's get let's get to that first match. All before right. we got to that first match, before Dynamite even started, we got a little appearance by Tony Khan. Which I didn't expect that. Tony Khan came out, talked on the mic, thanked everybody for coming and everything. Um, you can tell why he's not a TV character because he still he sounds really nervous on the mic, like he speeds yeah. speeds through his sentences. It's just, but Tony Khan reminds me of like another wrestling nerd that I would just hang out yeah. with. Yeah, you know. So he comes out and he says, "There's going to be some shocks and surprises tonight," right? So after the Jericho Spears match, Jericho wins. MJF comes out and announces uh, uh, Chris Jericho's opponent for the next week. And he starts dropping hints. Ooh. Oh, this guy has stabbed somebody in the jugular. Oh, this is yeah. when Misty, Misty didn't have it. Misty had it figured out. <laughs> I did not. I was like, who the fuck? New Jack? New Jack died. Who the fuck is this? Uh. And then when he said, this guy has been to prison for robbing a bank without a mask, I looked over at Misty, and our jaws were dropped. Yeah. Because we were like, no, it couldn't. It couldn't be. And then he announced that it was Nick Gage, the deathmatch king, who, by the way, just recently lost his deathmatch title in a stunning upset against uh, formerly Zack Ryder of WWE, Matt Cardona. And those fans 
lost it. They were throwing bottles and shit and had to be held back from attacking the ring. Oh, man. Because that was seen as, like, Matt Cardona is seen as, like, in the deathmatch community as not real, you know, not real in the deathmatch. And a former WWE guy, they hate that shit. Okay. So... So Nick Gage comes out, and it's just like, oh, shit, this is Jericho's opponent for next week. Okay, so when we we get through uh, some Fighter Fest uh, stuff, um, one highlight was the Sting-Orange Cassidy spot where they were giving each other the low kicks. Oh, yeah. And Sting just unenthusiastically beat his chest. That was funny. We got to see Kenny Omega. We got to see... There was... Uh, we, we saw Jungle Boy on Dark, oh! but we saw everybody we wanted to yes, see. Yes, we did. We saw, and then the night caps off. Well, one, hold on. The return, the wrestling television return of Chavo Guerrero being revealed as Andrade El Idolo's, uh, they call him executive consultant. We might as well just call him a manager because <laughs> that's what it is. But seeing Chavo again... Oh, my God. I I was, like, grabbing Misty, like, ah, it's Chavo. Because I loved, I mean, I love Eddie. I'll always love Eddie. Rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. But Chavo was pretty fucking dope, too. And I love the Guerrero family. So seeing Chavo come out, plus you can see Chavo on Netflix's Glow in the first season. That was the last time I saw him. So Chavo's out, and, man, Chavo's killing it. And then we get to the main event. I mean, the Britt Baker-Nyla Rose match, I guess we could analyze. The, the thing I took away from it was, like, Nyla was really sloppy. And she actually broke Britt Baker's wrist, but Britt Baker's not going to take any time off. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I didn't tell you that. Yeah, Nyla Rose wow. broke uh, Britt Baker's wrist in the Death Valley Driver. Like, she had... Uh-huh. Britt Baker had her in the submission at first, and then yeah. Nyla picked her up, Death Valley Driver. Apparently, she broke her wrist on that. But she continued the match. Yeah. She got the victory. It was really cool. Wow. Then we get to the main event, which I was telling Misty, like, you're about to see the IWGP United States title being defended in America. Uh. Just, a, just, a, just a title in Japan being defended. Uh, from Japan, being defended in America is a rarity. That's cool. And, th- and so I'm like, Misty, your wrestling cred is building. I, I d- yeah, I got Misty, some cred. Misty's got a piece of the ring from Evolution. That from a piece of the ring from the first ever all women's pay per view, like Misty's wrestling credentials are pretty fucking high up there. That was that was a didn't you get me that for Christmas? A few I did. Years ago? I like, did, and it was it was like Becky, it was Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair headlined. Yeah, yeah, that was the Becky Lynch that, Charlotte Flair headlining match. That yeah. oh my gosh, piece of the ring. That is a that's up there. That's probably one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. So. I mean, we were in Dallas. We were in Lance Archer's hometown. We could actually see Lance Archer's family in the front row. And I was just like, oh, okay, well. (laughs) I didn't think it would mean anything because the IWGP title changing hands, an an IWGP title changing hands in America on a different promotion's fucking show? Nah, nah, it's not going (laughs) to happen. And then it fucking did. Now, we were hoping Moxley would win. Uh, Misty was, was a little disappointed Moxley didn't win. I was wearing my Mox shirt. She was. He's one of my favorites. I've liked him since he was... Uh, Dean Ambrose. Da- yeah. Dean Ambrose. The and, Shield. Yeah. Yeah. But Moxley's such a better character, because Moxley is just like that... 
you know. He's a wild card. He's a wild card, a stone cold type of character. That's the thing that I like about Moxley. Like, in general, Ambrose doesn't necessarily have a strict style. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like that. Like, if I was a wrestler, I don't know that I would have like a style. You mm-hmm. know, I would just be like, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit you. And <laughs> I feel, and with Archer, eh, I mean, I'm, I don't dislike him. I just didn't think he was gonna win the match. I did not think he was gonna win either. But I mean, but like, but look at the all the promos. He and oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Jake the Snake. Well, yeah, look at all the, yeah. those promos. Like, it's, no, they've they been do. kind of slowly, like, doing this, like, slow build to establish him as, like, a dominant force. So to see him beat uh, <laughs> Moxley, I almost called him Ambrose. No, you can to, call him whatever you want him, to. To see him beat Mox is kind of, like, a testament to that, like, they're building him up to be this force. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm okay with it. I was a little bit bummed, but I'm okay with it. In the match, they fought out in the crowd. They were actually oh. coming. They almost came up to our row. We were so excited. I couldn't see them, though. Well, I thought we were, well, because they were in that awkward spot where I couldn't even see them either. Yeah. You know, it's just a wave of people. Yeah, and it was then kind of like... You're just hoping they come up next to us. Oh, yeah. But they didn't. And then Lance Archer picks up Mr. Wobble and throws Mr. Wobble at John Moxley. And I was like, <laughs> ah, that's why Mr. Wobble's there. Yeah. And I, again, I apologize to Mr. Wobble because I was just like, I can't believe he's sitting there advertising his shit. But no, he was <laughs> he was there for a reason, and it was a great representation. It was it was it was really cool that AEW let local Dallas wrestlers be on this show uh, in yes, some capacity. That is dope. That's like they're supporting the they're just supporting they're the just industry. Su- they're in supporting general. the industry. The forbidden door has been open, yeah. and it's not just NWA and New Japan. They come to your town. They're gonna call up your local wrestlers, and they're gonna have your local wrestlers on the show. In some way, shape, or form. I believe I saw, I believe I also saw Mr. Wobble play security in the Santana Ortiz uh, FTR promo video where they were doing the press conference. They had to be held back. All of a sudden, Mr. Wobble got into frame. I was like, was that? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe that's why he's here, because he did a promo for him and they offered him, I don't know. I like, I like how you put it. He was used as a prop. And then Moxley. Well, I'm not going to say a prop. Okay. you know, I mean, yes, you okay. could classify him he, being used as a prop. He, I but don't it was know. still he had a function in that. He did. He had a he role had a to play. Yeah. And the uh, I've never seen a quote fake audience member be used in that capacity. That was dope. Because it was smart. It was. It made the match feel more chaotic. Like, oh yes. fuck, they're throwing us at each other. You know, yeah. they're throwing yeah. us, us audience members at each other. So Lance Archer wins. And uh, with a with a choke slam through two tables that oh. had boards of barbed wire oh. on them, it's insane. But seeing the IW, seeing a New Japan title change hands in America on a different promotions show, history making. That's why I didn't care. I didn't care that Archer won and that I wanted Moxley to win because I was like, how many other wrestling? Like I've seen John Cena. Hi, Ric Flair. I've seen, um, um, I've seen Daniel Bryan, like, come out of retirement. That was dope. We were both there. Yes. You started the WrestleMania chant. I, Fun fact. I did. That was, that was, like, the moment that I remembered mm-hmm. from that show. I don't think I remember. 
<laughs> I don't really remember any other other moments other than that one, but that was that was amazing. But this this AEW Fighter Fest, I'm always gonna remember it because I never thought I would see Nick Gage in That's, a major wrestling promotion. He was there. He was there. He fucking debuted. It was just like what? And then seeing the IWGP US title change hands. I'm always going to remember that as a wrestling fan. All in all, it was a great show. Yeah. It was a wonderful show. Now, we we talked about the WWE Raw and Money in the Bank, but what AEW does is that Rick and Morty. That is what that is. Well, yeah. well WWE is friends. You know, it's just two totally different types of wrestling shows. One is a show about a wrestling show, and the other one is just a wrestling show. And AEW is just a wrestling show. But we, we talk about the difference in identities AEW had in December 2019 mm-hmm. to now. Now their identity, they know they are the true alternative. Mm-hmm. And if you thought Nick Gage was exciting, this week, holy shit, it's all but been confirmed that AEW has signed Daniel Bryan. Oh! And, <laughs> your noises, and CM Punk. Dope. There's a lot of hints on the internet right now. Uh, uh, cult, uh, Living Color, Cult of Personality band that CM Punk used as his theme song in WWE, they started following AEW on Twitter. CM Punk today just started following AEW on it's- Twitter. <laughs> CM Punk, CM Punk on um, on his Instagram put up the serious song from the Chicago Bulls that dun, 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 like that, that intro music. Um, as a not, like, you know, it's a last dance reference, saying that this is CM Punk's last dance. Uh, it's all but been confirmed. <clears throat> Rumor has it Daniel Bryan will uh, debut at their Arthur Ashe Stadium show, which is now they are adding more seats. So it was sold out, but they found a little bit more room. Oh, dang. Which is great for AEW, because Chris and yeah. I brought it up. You show that you sell out this stadium, you can go to other arenas that may mm. not trust non-WWE products and go, well, hey, we sold out a New York stadium in WWE territory. It makes someone like Mark Cuban in American Airlines Center go, okay, here you go. Here's a date yeah. for American Airlines Center. So the... Rumor is he's going to debut in New York while CM Punk is going to debut at All Out in Chicago. But, my God, you don't need to add anybody else to the roster no, at that no, point. No. <laughs> WWE can release whoever the fuck they want to. You got the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and you got CM Punk. You don't, you oh don't need... Oh, my gosh. Now, what I would like, they need to add more to the women's division. Bring in yes. Peyton Royce. Bring in Billy Kay. Bring in uh, Ruby Ryder, Ruby Soho. Dude, do Because Britt Baker can't do this all on her no, own. Yeah, no. Britt Baker is, like, really over, but there's, I mean, there's really, I mean, there, there, there are other women in that division, and they're fine. They're good, like Chris Statlander and Penelope Ford, and, and but they don't, mm, they need somebody to match the star power of Britt Agreed. Baker. Because Britt Baker has taken herself to, if I can relate it, not to a Becky Lynch type of level, because Becky Lynch is known globally, mm-hmm. but at least to, like, you know, she is the Becky Lynch of that company, you know, of AEW. Yeah. 
she's going to bring the ratings when she pops in a promo. Yeah. So, like, bring in Ruby Riot or Peyton Royce or somebody big for the women's division. Yeah, somebody, they, they, need, they need more support. They need to start a, a legendary rivalry there. Yeah. And, you know, because it, with the men's side, you bring in Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, you don't need any more guys. Really? No, you don't. R- yeah. Because those two, those two can make a good match. I mean, I don't know about CM Punk. It's been a while. But yeah. Daniel Bryan... Dan O'Brien can make a, I mean, fucking American Dragon versus Omega. American That's Dragon. Crazy. I mean, let's have Jericho versus Dan O'Brien. Let's have Sting versus Dan O'Brien. Ooh. Freaking Jungle Boy versus Daniel Bryan. How many, I mean, all the match possibilities. Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Bryan. Like, all these match possibilities, you could just run this, run these stories for a yeah. year. It's just amazing. So you don't need anybody else on the men's side. And if CM Punk is still in good condition... CM Punk versus Sammy Guevara. CM Punk versus Sting. CM all the other people I just named. Hangman Adam Page versus yeah. Daniel Bryan. Well, I still can't wait for Kenny Omega versus Hangman. See, that's the thing. With the signings of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, I don't know where the Hangman Adam Page and Kenny uh, Omega is. So I don't know how it ends. Yeah. Because one thing I really liked about AEW storytelling was... Hangman Adam Page's slow burn ever since the company formed and he lost to Chris Jericho. It was just like this downward spiral of a guy with alcoholism and manic depression and all this other stuff slowly being told. And then he's he teams with Kenny Omega and then he lets Kenny Omega down and he lets the rest of the elite down. And then he finds friendship in the Dark Order and the Dark Order build him back up and now mm-hmm. here we go. So, these two people we've kept apart, we're putting them together, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, for the title. But now I don't know if he wins. I don't know, I don't know if he wins, because, I mean, as much as I would love to see Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega, if there's not going to be a title on the line, you you know. Do you think, though, does Kenny Omega still have two titles? Kenny Omega has all the belts. Kenny oh. Omega has the AEW Championship, the AAA Championship, uh, and the TNA Championship, and the Impact Championship. The TNA and Impact are defended on the same yeah. show. So he has four belts. Then he has the AAA belt, which is Mexico. and um, they, get a, they get a pass. They get a share the wealth. No, it's the greatest gimmick in wrestling. Uh, it's the only... I was thinking about this. It's the only way... That you could make somebody in the wrestling world uh, look better than Roman Reigns. Oh yeah, Roman Reigns. You have the Universal title. Yeah. Well, this guy's got titles from multiple fucking companies. They did it in the '90s when when WCW brought in Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon had like nine belts. It was the most fucking insane thing. He had nine <laughs> belts from different companies in Mexico and Japan. And then they were just like, well, we can't have that. We can't have this guy showing up week after week with nine belts because yeah. he looks better than everybody on the roster. So they made him stop bringing the belts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think that's the purpose of it. And it's one of the best wrestling storylines that there is. Um, so, yeah, we've got a whole week of wrestling of Monday Night Raw and AEW Dynamite. Now, here's the thing who's after Nick Gage in the. Because we. I feel. For Jericho. I mean. If Nick Gage decides to play ball and job to Jericho, because that's the thing. That's the risk you run with Nick Gage. He can just do his own thing, and he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, that's his reputation. So you would have to pay him an absurd amount of money 
to make him go just to be like, hey, you you do what you're fucking told now. You're gonna go yeah. out. You're gonna lose to Chris Jericho. Y'all are gonna have a crazy fucking match, but you're gonna lose. Do you think it's gonna be a one time thing though? Or I don't is, know. Or are they signing Nick Gage? I don't know. Like I feel like it's just gonna be like a one and done, and he's back to doing his old his his own thing, or like every once in a while. Honestly, you know? I'm thinking bigger picture. I think when when Tony Khan said the Forbidden Door is open, he wasn't yeah. just talking about the NWA and New Japan and Impact. He was talking about all these companies, the Deathmatch companies. Wow. Even. So I think there's a working relationship with AEW and uh, GCW. Mm-hmm. I think that's a working relationship. I don't think this is a one-and-done thing. I think if Nick Gage just chills, doesn't do anything fucking crazy, yeah, he'll be back multiple yeah. times. But, okay, so let's just say he plays ball, Jericho beats him. Do you make the third labor of of Jericho, the third match, the third out of five match that he has to win to face MJF, do you make it another member of the Pinnacle? Or do you bring out another? Because you gotta bring out another surprise what, wrestler. What about Daniel Bryan? You, you could, you could. I mean, the, those plans of him debuting in NYC are just a rumor. Yeah, it's just a rumor at this point. And honestly, that would probably be a good way to go, since everybody knows you've signed those two. Yeah, you know, um, Conan, who runs AAA. He tweeted, or he was on a podcast, and he said he asked Tony Khan, hey, did you sign Daniel Bryan? Because Conan, uh, Conan, not Conan O'Brien, but Conan, <laughs> Conan wants to use Daniel Bryan in AAA, mm-hmm. so he had to ask as a owner of another company. And Tony Khan says, you know I can't tell you that. Which was just uh, like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Or, you know what would be interesting? I think it would be less hyped. But more interesting, MJF picks somebody in the inner circle and then makes a stipulation that, uh, you know, if they lose, they're out of the inner circle or something. I don't know. Make something like that. I mean, I I don't know. What would the idea behind that be? So, like, you say, okay, your next labor is Sammy Guevara. If Sammy doesn't beat you, he's out of the inner circle. Now you give Sammy Guevara some motivation to win. Yeah. Because Sammy doesn't want to leave his friends. And then you give some conflict to just Chris Jericho. Because he has to get his hands on MJF. But at the same time, he can't... I mean, he has to... I mean, would he have to beat Sammy... Would he be feel good about kicking yeah. Sammy Guevara out of the inner circle? See, so it adds some depth there in the storyline. Yeah, line. yeah. That's if you don't go with whatever surprise free agent. But they could honestly bring in someone from Impact to be the third yeah. labor. They could bring somebody in from Japan. You know? It's anybody's ballgame at it this point. It is anybody's ballgame. Uh, Fighter Fest Part 2 ended with Lance Archer holding the belt. And then a big dude in a Bullet Club t-shirt from Japan. This dude was huge. He had to oh, be like... yeah. He had to be like seven two seven three. He will be the... I can't remember his name because I don't have the information in front of me. But he will be the challenger this Wednesday on AEW uh, Fight for the Fallen, which will have a six-man tag match. Uh, uh, (coughs) Sorry, the Elite with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus uh, Adam Page. And uh, I think uh, Andrew Reynolds and uh, John Silver of... I might be getting those wrong. But Hangman Adam Page and Somewhere in the Dark Order. And we will talk about that... Uh, on Friday, and we'll record it Thursday night. I want to give a big thank you 
to motherfucking Misty Fields for being here. Also choosing me as a life partner. <laughs> that was that's a bonus. Well, this was this was exciting. This was I, fun, wasn't it? This was this was a lot of fun. This was fun. This was really fun. Usually, uh, usually we don't go this in depth about uh, yeah. wrestling because Chris doesn't watch it, so I always have yeah. to play catch up with him. Ah. Usually, usually I throw out what I think would be a, a good opinion for Chris to yeah. give. Like, hey, Chris, what do you think about this storyline yeah, going gotcha. on? But it was it was nice to break down. The, yeah. the whole week in wrestling. It really was. Yeah. And uh, I I hope that you are a uh, Counting Lights favorite. Yay. And, that, would uh, be, that would be dope. You'll be back for the next episode. This yeah. said, uh, this is going to, I, I got to call this uh, the Misty Invasion. <laughs> I got to call this episode. Do we? But this is the Counting Lights podcast. She's Misty Fields. He is Dan Danzy. And this is the Counting Lights podcast. Oh, you know what? I didn't fucking... Messing up the fucking signature at the end of the show. Hold on, we'll do that one in a sec. Guys, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at counting underscore lights. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like and follow at facebook.com slash counting lights podcast and send us an email at counting lights podcast at gmail.com. Now we do it. That is motherfucking Misty Fields. Thank you. <laughs> you gonna say my name? <laughs> Did you already forget how to do the signature? All right, let's do let's do this again. Let's do this again. That's motherfucking Misty Fields. That is Dangerous Dan Danzy. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling... Lock up. Lock up.